Thanks for tuning in today for another episode here of the Red River Rising. I'm Pastor Mike with my co-host as always, um, author Rick Salcedo. And uh, we really want to thank you guys for, for tuning in with us. Our, our last podcast series was the first one that we put out. This is number two now. We're, we're on a roll, Rick. We're, we're, that's right. We're, we're, uh, we're getting into our second series that uh, we're going to start here. And uh, it's called uh, entitled God's Bigger Picture. And I think it's really appropriate, especially with everything that's going on in the world right now. It seems like everything's kind of tossy-turvy in, in the world and, of course, in the media and so on and so forth, what's happening in people's lives. And, uh, you know, people are, are probably asking a lot of questions right now, Rick. That's what I'm, at least that's what I'm hearing. Yeah, and that's, that's what this lesson is about, is we don't always see the big picture, but God's in control. That's right. And he knows that, you know, he knows the, the end from the beginning, and he's not surprised by anything. Amen. And there's nothing beyond his power and ability. So we just need to trust in God and that everything's going to work out fine, even though we, in our limited thinking, we have no idea what's going on. Now, Rick, i got to be honest with you. You know, that's that's so much easier said than done. Uh, like most things, to be honest with you, it just seems like people say that, and it's almost like a cliche that people get into when they say that kind of deal. And then when really the rubber hits the road, I mean, it, sometimes – it falls apart, or they think it falls apart, right? And I guess that's the biggest thing. They think that. And that's why I think this is important, too, because maybe we can lay a foundation here biblically, scripturally, and then also personally, maybe people can relate to this. And we hope that you relate to this and that it edifies you somehow. And knowing that, you know, you're right. This is not a surprise to God. God knew this was going to happen way before he was started. So, I mean, it's not like, hey, oh, he educates himself and gets caught up on it. He already knew it to begin with, right? Right. He's not doing any clinical studies. Right. He's not looking for yeah. this cure or that cure. cure. <laughs> right. yeah. He's not. He's not. Um, he's not concerned with any of that at all. Yeah. No double blind trials going on here. Right. You know, with uh, with God, but but you know, there's there's still questions that that people are, are looking to get answered, and some of these are, you know, why God? Why is this happening? When, God, uh, when is this going to end? Or perhaps even when does it start? A lot of times, you know, uh, we're relating this to the coronavirus, which is going around right now, you know. But, you know, let's take that out of the equation. Six months ago, what was it? Somebody was saying, hey, Lord, when will I get my new job? When will this opportunity open up for me? When will I be able to move out of this situation in my life? You know, there's just tons of questions I think that people have when it comes to, you know, God's will and his plan. And so uh, I think this is going to be a really good lesson. Yeah, uh, I'm kind of looking forward to presenting this in our podcast. So um, I'll go ahead and get started with the first verse. Uh, We're going to start off in Matthew chapter 16, verses 20 through 25. And, And verses 20 and 21 say, Then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. From that time, um, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem, suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes, be killed, and be raised on the third day. So we see here uh, in those first two verses that the disciples received insight from God, from Jesus, about things that were about to happen. Okay, so they received insight, they received knowledge of future things that were going to occur. And so let's take a look at how Peter responded to that. In verse 22, it says, Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan, 
You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. So we see here, Peter received insight from God, and he filtered it through his limited understanding of who the Messiah was, because he believed the Messiah was going to uh, liberate Israel from the Roman Empire, and, and Israel would be a free nation once again. Yeah, you know, uh, let's, let's set that scene up a little bit, right? So this is drawn nigh. We're getting close to the, 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 the crucifixion. And Jesus is telling them this, and he's talking about this, and you're exactly right. You know, they have studied, and although Peter, you know, was a fisherman uh, by trade, uh, you know, it was well known throughout the Jewish culture of the Messiah. So it wasn't like you had to be a scholar to know that, hey, the, the, everybody's waiting on the Messiah to come. And the thought process was, is when he comes, he's going to restore rightfully back to, you know, position there of Jerusalem, correct? So Peter is relying on that too and thinking, okay, so this is what's happening. And, it, and so when Jesus is saying all this, Peter is exactly what you said, trying to look at it from his own agenda, his own place, right? Right. He He must have been shocked, you know. What, the Messiah go to Jerusalem, suffer, and be killed? Wait a minute. That's not the way it's supposed to happen. That's right. You know, how many of us in our lives, we, we kind of had this perception of what God was doing in our lives, and then it didn't pan out, and we're like, what's happening, God? I don't right. understand. I don't, what, you know, why didn't it work out the way I thought it was going to work out? Right. So we hit two of those right there, right? Was the why God and the wind God for him? Because, hey, why is, why are you talking this way? Why are you saying all these things? This is not right. Why? What? Why is this happening? What? And then was when? I mean, hey, you're supposed to be restoring this. When is that going to happen, God? When is that going to start, you know, taking place? So Right. See, he thought it was going to happen that year, probably. Yeah. And, you know, as it turns out, it's going to be at least 2,000 years later, if not more. Yeah. And, that man, and, and, and I'm trying to think about it from their perspective, too. Can you imagine? They're walking with the Messiah. Uh, they're, they're seeing these signs and wonders. I mean, what the greatest teacher ever known to mankind um, was Jesus. And being able to learn from him as an understudy, if you will, you know, to that and being side by side with him. And then to be told, everything that you believe is going to happen with me is not what's going to happen. I mean, it is a, I can see it being a devastating blow. We, I mean, I wonder, I just wonder how Peter might have felt internally. I wonder, you know, because he was human, and we know this, Peter failed quite often mm -hmm. and quite a bit, but uh, was quick to be restored every time. Thank goodness through grace we all can be. But, you know, he he had a temper. Uh, we cut a man's ear off. I mean, we know that, that Peter was subject to all these feelings and emotions. I wonder if he felt kind of betrayed with that as well. Not by Jesus, but by his perception of what was supposed to happen, right? Yeah, he probably dealt with a lot of profound confusion at that time. I'm not sure what to think. Well, you know, and I think that we get into that. So, or at least I, and let me just speak for myself. I get into that sometimes, right? I feel like this is what was laid out. This is what was supposed to happen. I interpreted it this way. This way, you know, I was, but, and then something flips and happens completely different, and you go, wait a second. Hold on. <laughs> that was a big monkey wrench thrown into my plans here. What is this about, you know? Yeah, because, see, in reality, God's bigger picture, his plan was that um, Jesus go to Jerusalem and suffer and die. But in in so doing, he defeated sin, hell, death, the grave, and, you know, Satan and his minions. Yeah, and, of course, that's what, uh, you know, without a resurrection, the death would have meant nothing. 
You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's, it's a combined effort there that all of this in God's plan and his, in his great scheme of things, you know, um, design of things, um, he knew exactly what he was doing, even though Peter had no clue. Yeah. If, if we did it Peter's way, okay, so the Roman Empire gets defeated, Israel gets, uh, you know, liberated, Jesus rules from Jerusalem, but, our sins haven't been paid for. That's right. That's right. And we'd be back to the law that nobody can be, you know what I'm saying, perfect under, right? So, right. And then uh, we're stuck there. And, and the other piece of that, too, is that salvation wasn't just for the Jews. Correct. Yeah, so, what about the rest of the that's world? right. The rest <laughs> of the world, then, would have been, you know, ostracized from that. They'd have been counted out of it, you know, still condemned to this day and persecuted under that. They could never be. You know what I'm saying? Part of the royal blood, you know, of, of the lineage of David with that. So now that we're, we're adopted into that, that, that heritage, I mean, we're, we're children of God, so. Right. So see, God had, his plan was a greater plan, a plan of greater restoration all along. And, and Peter was only looking at a small restoration for, you know, his nation. I think that's a great example, right? That was a good way to point out exactly how, the, sometimes the the why and the wins in our life, and and, and uh, who better to learn it from than Peter, the cornerstone of the church, right? Mm-hmm. All right, all right. Let's move on then. Well, in verse twenty four, it says, "Then Jesus said to his disciples, uh, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it." So we see here, uh, basically, you have to deny yourself. And that's not only in, uh, you know, denying your flesh, the desires of your flesh, but denying your understanding, you know, your perceptions, what you think, uh, God should be doing or how things should be done. So, you know, denying your own understanding or, or lack thereof and just follow God in faith. Mm-hmm. And I love, you know, Jesus, he didn't always do this, but I love when he would speak and then clarify it. Some of the, some of the parables in the Bible, you know, we get that, we get the parable and then we get the reasoning behind the parable. And that's exactly what he did. He's clarifying exactly what he's saying. The reason why, I mean, really, truly, it, we need to know our place in these things because if we want to have control, God is going to let us have control. And if we want to dictate where we're going to go, God will allow us to do that. But boy, the ramifications of that is far greater, uh, a risk to take than the risk of resting in God and in Jesus, right? Yeah, if we insist on going our own way, then we miss out on a lot of blessings. Man, a lot of blessings. And not only that, we are not as effective for the kingdom of God That's right. that we could be if we were totally submitted to the Lord. That's right. And, and you know, the bad part, I think a lot, I've always said this, um, I believe most people have good intentions, Rick. I believe that most people have a desire to be great. And I don't mean like great as in fame great. I mean, great at whatever they put their hands to. So whatever people do, they don't do it with the thought process of, I want to fail. That's not what we do. When we start something, we start something with the desire to be successful. But somewhere along that first initial desire and then the end product, especially when it comes into Christianity, it's not of us. That's why we're not saved by works. If we were saved by works, we'd all not be saved. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) We're saved by grace with that. But, when we try to hold on to that steering wheel of that and try to drive it where we think it ought to go, not only do we miss on these blessings and be less effective with that too, but then we also run into other people along the way. 
you know, we start interfering in their lives as well, too, and perhaps bumping them or running over them in the process, not meaning to, not with good intents, but good intentions is not what the Bible tells us that we need to be full of, right? Right. And Peter, I mean, Peter intended well. That's right. That's exactly His right. intentions were good. They were, they were godly. Yep. You know, from his perspective, he thought he was behaving in a, in a, in a, uh, virtuous way. Yeah. Um, so he meant well. He wasn't trying to. He wasn't trying to purposely foil the plan of salvation. Yeah, and then can you imagine Jesus telling you, "Get behind me, Satan!" Looking at him. Look, we got to be open for correction. That is a big, big piece of this, and, and correction in love, and everything Jesus said is said in love, especially to his disciples here. I mean, that's. But we got to be open to that, and so often we're not. So often we'll say something, boy, and if anybody has anything to say. You know, we get right automatically on the defensive with them instead of really looking at it what it is. Now, don't listen to me. I'm not saying you need to listen to everybody. <laughs> but there are people who I go to for godly wisdom. Now, those people that have godly wisdom, there's some criteria that's involved. Number one, they got to know the word. Somebody who is invested in their Christian life, their personal relationship with God. Not just they're a Christian, but they are constantly seeking the Lord in all things. So they got to know the word. It's got to be in them. Number two, they got to know me. No sense of me going for somebody to seek godly counsel or godly wisdom, and they just try to tickle my ears with whatever they think that I want to hear, right? And not only that, but they need to know me because they need to know my faults and my strengths. So when I go to them and I seek godly counsel for them, they can tell me in a loving way the truth. And if it steps on my toes, so be it. I need to be open corrected to that or open to that correction. And I'm thinking about Peter in that when Jesus was to say to him, you know, get behind me, Satan, what must have overwhelmed him with that thought process? But, you know, that's valuable because that's how we grow, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it must have been a really uh, robust slap in the face. Yeah, right. But, you know, look what, look what was at stake, the salvation of all humanity of all time. That's right, man. That's right. That's big. That's heavy. Absolutely. So even when we don't understand, even when we're, we're at questioning why God, when God, we just have to, you know, keep in mind 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, verse 7, and it says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. So when circumstances are swirling around us that just don't make sense, we just need to know that God is in control. Yeah. Um, you know, recently I've had some why God and what God moments. And um, I happen to, you know, I just, I'll put on worship videos on YouTube and just let them play while I'm, you know, doing whatever around the house. And one of them was Waymaker that came up. And and a phrase that really jumped out at me was, um, even when I can't see it, you're working. That is who you are. Even when I can't see it, you're working. Well, that's faith. That is, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, believing in something that you can't see. I was talking to my daughter. Uh, she was, uh, it was bath time. <laughs> this is my youngest one. Um, and, uh, she, she was, she was in there and she, she said this, uh, out of the blue, Rick, it was, it, children can teach you so much, man, especially young children, uh, childlike faith. And she's sitting there and she goes, dad, our daddy, uh, she said, God's invisible, isn't he? And I said, well, honey, I said, um, let me, let me put it this way. And, and I sat there and I blew on her. And I said, did you feel that? She said, yeah. I said, but did you see it? She said, no. I said, so we feel God. 
all the time around us. If we're listening, if we're paying attention to it, right? If we're attuned to it, we got our antennas up for it. But we don't always see what is it that's happening behind the scenes of making it happen. And even though we may not think it is, right? Because we don't see it, but a lot of times there are evidence there, but we're just not really in tune to it either. But walking by that faith piece, and every time I've walked out in faith, I've had something solidify that faith. Have you ever had that happen, right? You step out in something and then it, it gets either confirmed or you see it, it comes to fruition or something else. Uh, financial struggle, right? Hey, you're, you're behind and you're $150 short on your bills and you're going by faith. You're not living in fear. You're not walking in anything. And then all of a sudden somebody gives you 150 bucks, right? And then you're just like, man, that builds your faith. So the next time something comes back up, you're living by that and you're walking by that. And it gets greater and greater and greater, right? God's plan, not ours. Right. And um, so in recently, you know, I've, I've questioned a few things that haven't manifested yet according to my timetable. Right. And, um, you know, just with uh, uh, Brother Jerry preaching, um, you know, a while back, he preached a sermon about a month or so ago that, that was, you know, just it's for your own good. Give God time to work some things out. Um Hang in there and go a little farther. That's right. You know, if you, you know, so if if I had stopped right then and there, I'm, I'm going to miss out on what God's working behind the scenes to put in place. That's right. That's right. It was um, his wife. And Jerry and his wife are, are sweet people. I mean, really true. We're blessed that they've been with us. She said something to me the other day that uh, really, um, and I say that it's been a little bit bad, but it really struck me hard. She said, um, we were talking about, uh, pastors who are coming up, you know, you, you, you're learning. It's a growing experience. Pastors are not perfect. Listen, people, <laughs> let's make that perfectly clear. Do not put your pastor on a pedestal, okay? Uh, you will be disappointed every single time. There's only one person ever that will never disappoint you, and that's God. It is not a pastor. Uh, we struggle, man. We have some, you know, we, we, we walk the same life as everybody else, you know. Uh, but, she made this statement. I thought it was great. She was talking about up, 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 up and training pastors here. And she said, the preparation time, she said, you know, while God is preparing you, he's also preparing your flock. And boy, that really struck me because most of the time, right, it's on our timetable, we're thinking for us, but we're not it. It's not just all about us. Well, we just said a little bit ago, there are other pieces to that that God is working on to line up so that when it's ready to come together, it's like an orchestra. Where you take in the violin section and you take in the flute section and the percussion section. And all of these are being trained and taught individually. And if you've ever played music, you know, in a band, that's how that works. And then you come together. And when you come together, everybody knows their own piece, but it's in perfect sync and in harmony. All right. But if you were to say, okay, you flutes, you know what you're doing. Percussion, eh, you're all right, but come on in. Let's try it anyway. Then all of a sudden it sounds like something that you know, comes out of a third grade classroom. On the first day of music class, so uh, yeah, and that's you're right on the money. Yeah, so we just have to trust that God knows what He's doing. That's right. Even that's even though it doesn't make sense to us. Yeah. And um, you know, so we just have to walk by faith and not by sight. Yep. Folks, that's all the time we got for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it from Rick and myself here. We hope that you are blessed today. Make sure you join in next time for part two of God's Big Picture. We'll actually draw our final conclusion here of the why, where, and when, Lord. So we'll have a wonderful week. God bless you. And until next time, I'm Pastor Mike.